Well, good morning. If you have your Bible, just come with me this morning to Genesis 1-1. No, to Hebrews 11 for a minute. Uh, we'll, get, we'll, we'll go up to the beginning of the Bible a little bit later on. And In Hebrews 11 it says, in verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a what? Good report. They were well known or they were well reported for their faith. Isn't that, isn't that good? We want to be known as the people of faith, don't we? And the Bible talks about little faith, much faith and great faith. But even on little faith, Jesus stilled the storm, didn't he? Yes. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God counts, if we first have a willing mind, he counts what we have and not what we don't have. And it says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith, we believe that, don't we? Yes. God spoke, it says, uh, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God didn't head down to Bunnings and say, I'm going to make the world fill up my trolley. He spoke his word, didn't he? And creation occurred. The word of God is creative, isn't it? Your word and my word creates. Some words create good things, some words create bad things, don't they? Some words are uplifting, some words are hole digging, aren't they? And uh, you know, someone once said, if you're in a hole, first thing to do, stop digging. <laughs> Don't make it any worse. Right? And our mouth does bring forth life or death, doesn't it? It's just power of life, well, power of life and death are in the tongue. So that we need to be a people who are people speaking faith and speaking things of faith, don't we? Because it says by faith we, we understand that God, he framed the world by his word. That, when you think about that, your mind can, how can we comprehend that God spoke and that which wasn't became that which is? And in a similar way, when we speak, we can create that which is from that which wasn't, can't we? as we would use the word of God. I and mean, then it says, By faith Abel offered a sacrifice to God, more excellent than Cain. He obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, <clears throat> and, by, and by it being dead yet speaks. So his blood cries out from the ground. Yet speaks, still speaks. And then the Bible goes on to say, By faith Enoch was translated, that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. What did he do? Gone. Here one minute, gone the next. Translated. Where to? Heaven. And, you know, we can imagine he, uh, you know, maybe went for a walk with God. It says he walked with God. God says, well, why don't you come to my place? And then, it's gone. That's glorious, isn't it? Didn't see death, just translated. Why? Let's have a look. Uh, he had this testimony that he what? 
He pleased God. He pleased God. Hey, I want to please God, don't you? That's my heart's cry. Is that your heart's cry this morning? To please God. And you and I never know. Maybe he'll translate us in the same way he translated Enoch. If not, he will translate us when Jesus comes in the clouds. Won't he? With the voice of the angel, the, the trumpet. He'll, he'll, he'll get us, won't he? He'll translate us. And that translation, that means literally, you know, here one minute, gone the next, somewhere else. And uh, we know Philip, the, Philip, when he baptised the Ethiopian eunuch, he was translated and found in Azotus. He was gone in an instant. And in verse 6 it says, But without faith it is what? Impossible to please him. For he that comes to God, that's you and me, isn't it? Must believe. Not, not, the Bible doesn't say it'd be a good idea if you, it says, no, you must believe. Must, that's a compulsion, isn't it? That's a, that's a prerequisite. Must believe. Is that right? Must believe that, must believe, he that comes to God, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We're here this morning diligently seeking him, aren't we? So is it any wonder that God would reward us? God would bless us. God would pour his favour upon us. And then it says in verse 7, By faith Noah, some, some places he's called Noe, N-O-E, being warned of God of things not yet, or not seen as yet, moved with fear, Moved with what? Fear, godly fear. Moved with fear. What did he do? Let's have a look what he did. He said, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Can we get a picture of that? In Noah's day it had never rained like we know it. There was a mist or that watered. And if you've been to somewhere like Niagara Falls or large waterfalls where there's a mist. Who's been to large waterfalls and there's a mist? And that's what I understand, that's what I see in my mind's eye when, I, when I'm thinking of the, the water. And there were no clouds as we know them. Never, it never rained. But God warned Noah, didn't he? It says, and out of, out of a fear he built that ark. And he saved and then it goes on to talk about Abraham. I would just want to look at that just to set us up this morning uh, to have a little look at a few things around the Bible. And you see, this is talking about people believing God when they could not see a physical substance. I can't see Jesus. He may appear to me, he may appear to you. I can't see him physically with my physical eye. I can't see heaven with my physical eye. I can't see my salvation with my physical eye. I can't see the Holy Spirit with my physical eye. But by faith I believe, don't I? See, the substance of the kingdom of God is faith, is our believing, believing God, who he is, what he said, what he's going to do. That's the economy of God is obtained through faith, isn't it? Not through money, it's not through possessions, not through our good looks, not through education, it's through faith, through believing. And we need to understand the hour in which we live. We'll come back to Genesis 6 and verse 1 for a minute. Not quite at Genesis 1-1, but not far from it. And in Genesis 6-1, 
Those first few uh, chapters of Genesis are just powerful, aren't they? Because God created... See, the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth in six days. In six days. Then he rested. Created in six days and then he rested. Hallelujah, on the seventh. And it says here in 6.1, And it came to pass uh, when men began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, they were fair, took them to wives, uh, which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he, is also, he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Uh, there were giants in the earth in those days, and after that the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Maybe you know, we think of Goliath, don't we, as probably the largest described man in the Bible. Whether he was one of those, I'm not sure, but that's the sort of thing that's being talked about there. And in verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now I want to suggest that there are you know, some people in the earth today where that is their state. Evil, just evil continually. You know, sometimes people, uh, they're at work, they're good, they're only evil part of the time. But he said their hearts were evil continually. See, the Bible says that the human heart is wicked, is evilly wicked. The unregenerate man is wicked, born with a sin nature, loves to sin, loves to do wicked things. And God saw this here and he said, and it repented the Lord in verse 6 that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. The wickedness grieves the heart of God. God created man in his image to enjoy the good things of God, to enjoy not only his provision but to enjoy God himself who is good and is all good and is good all the time. You know, we say God is good all the time, all the time God is is good and you could even write a song about that if you, even if your name was Don Mo and you could write it, couldn't you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, but you see, evil and wickedness and sin grieve the heart of God and it says he repented he, he, that he'd made, made man. Isn't that a... That's, that's sad, isn't it? Saddened God, it repented him that he'd made man when he looked upon all this wickedness. And God's still looking upon the wickedness, isn't he? Yes. He is still looking upon the wickedness and he said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, man and beast, and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repents me that I have made them. That, that is sad when you read that. You think, God who is all loving, all beautiful, all, 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 all gracious, it repented him when he looked upon the, the evil. And we, we know, even in our own nation, that there's evil going on right now. You know, and if we turn the news on or look at a newspaper, we're being bombarded all the time with the evil that's, that's, that's going on, aren't we? And we know that the only hope for evil is repentance and salvation through Jesus, which you and I have partaken of. Because who of us wasn't evil? Who of us didn't do wicked things, whether by thought or by deed? Who of us didn't 
you know, didn't sin and, and God looked upon us in that way. But it says in verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And there's also a song about that. If you want to borrow it, I've got a, I've got a gator's take where they sing about, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not everybody likes those singers, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You and I have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because we entered into the grace extended through Jesus himself. And it says, Noah found grace. I bless God that Noah found grace. If no one had found grace, we mightn't be here. God might have wiped the lot and just left the earth with all the, you know, the, under, the creatures in the sea. And then it talks about, uh, these are the generations of Noah in verse 9, was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. And the Bible says, Noah, Noah uh, bore three sons, his wife did, Shem, Ham and Japheth, isn't it? It's interesting how the man's always credited with begatting the sons, but the woman actually did the hard work and bore them. Uh, hallelujah, bless God for the... that men don't have to have babies. The population would be slightly reduced, I suggest. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah... The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make an ark of gopher wood. Uh, rooms you'll make in the ark, you'll pitch it within and pitch it without, put pitch or tar in it. And this is the fashion which you shall make it. Again, God is giving his fashion or his pattern, isn't he? He gave the pattern a bit later on to Moses. He's saying, you make this ark. And... Um, he said the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, which is about 450 feet, which is approximately 150 metres in, in, not quite, but almost. That's big. That's a big. That's, that's, that's long. What's that, a couple of playing fields? Long? Quite big, it's long. And then he said you'll make it about uh, 50 cubits, which is about 75 feet wide or about 25 metres and 30 cubits high, which is about 45 feet or 15 metres. A big box. That is a big box. A big box. And he said you'll put a window, um, a window above a cubit, about a foot and a half or half a metre, and the door of the ark you'll set it in the side with lower second and third storeys you shall make it. Could we suggest that maybe the ark is a shadow or a type of Jesus? Could we? Could we suggest that? Could we suggest that what God is about to do is to bring animals and uh, people into the safety of the ark? One door, Jesus said, I'm the door, didn't he? He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He said, I'm the door to the sheep uh, enclosure, didn't he? He said, no one else. There's no other way. So can we see that the ark could be a type or a shadow of Jesus? It's got three stories, maybe it's got the Father, Son and representing the Father, Son and Holy Ghost Hallelujah Yes and that God is going to bring a judgement in the earth and save people through this ark Noah is, you know, Noah perhaps is a is a, um, a type of, of Jesus and then he said a window and third story said 
And the Lord said, I, even I, bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. He's saying, if there's breath in its nostrils, I'm going to destroy it. That's, that's judgment, isn't it? Why? Because of the evil. Why? Because of the wickedness. See, God is righteous. God has to judge evil, doesn't he? Whether we think, oh, well, God won't... See, we talk to people sometimes and they say, oh, no, my God is okay. He's going to let me into heaven because I'm a good bloke or a good person or, you know, I've done this or I've done that. No, no, he's... he's, No, 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 no. He's not going to bring any judgment. Everything's okay. I worked with a fellow... Uh, who said, I know, he said, I know, the big fellow's going to say, what's he come up here and uh, show him how to have a good time? And I said, well, that's not exactly what the Bible says. I said, the Bible says God is going to judge at the end of the age. And he's going to judge sin. And he's going to judge righteousness. And we think, um, in my whole, whole life, I never won a single thing for sport, ever. I was okay at sport, but I was never a, never a, uh, a, winner. a winner. Never had a judge say first. I went in three-legged race with Alan Newman and we, whatever, but um, the only thing I ever got for sport is I got a little thing you put on your arm when I played baseball for the Blue Mountains one year. But, but in academic things, I got lots of things for that. But you see, a judge not only says, you know, send him or her down, but a judge also says, you're the winner. A judge also says, hey, this is the best cake at the Easter show. That's, there's a sense of judging in that, isn't it? So God the judge is able to adjudge you and me as righteous with an entry into heaven or he's able to adjudge that we're wicked and evil and that our destination is the lake of fire, isn't he? That's, that's the judgement that's coming of God, isn't it? And he said, I will establish my covenant and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you, and every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, into the ark. Keep them alive with you. They're going to be male and female, and God describes them. And then he said, bring in seven of certain of, certain of the creatures, because they're going to sacrifice some when they, when they got out of the ark, and if you only brought two and you sacrificed them or one of them, you wouldn't have that. Uh, those creatures propagated, would you? And it says, um, and then in verse 22, he said, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so he did. See, so no wonder Noah is mentioned in Hebrews 11 for his faith. He believed God. And some of you scholars may be able to help us out exactly, but how many years did Noah spend building this ark? Does anyone know? Quite a few. Quite a few. That's a, a very theological answer. Quite a few. Could have been 80, 90, 100, a long time. 100 years, 120, could have been a long time building the ark. Can you imagine this thing? It's 400 and some people remember the old money, 150 metres, 450 feet long and it has to float. Even engineers today looking at how can you build that thing out of wood. didn't have steel girders or fiberglass or all the things that we have. Been built out of, out of wood. That's a, that's a structural wonder itself. There's a fellow, uh, Tim Lovett, who moved to America. He's an expert in that area. Don Carter's an expert in wooden bridges. So, you know, they're looking at this and marvel at how God could have Noah build, you know. He wasn't a civil engineer or a structural engineer. He hadn't been to 
you know, the University of Sydney or whatever, but he did what God said. Hallelujah. And they would have taken a long time to build that ark. You know, as I've said, I've said to our children, well, they couldn't nip down to highway hardware, you know, get the gear, um, couldn't plug the power saw into the, you know, power point in the tree or whatever. It was all, they didn't have some of those modern things that we had, but they had the command of God and the resources of God. And the Lord said to Noah, come, all your house into the ark in chapter 7, for you... For you have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Hey, you and I, we want to be called righteous in our generation, don't we? We want to be called righteous in our generation. See, God is about to save them because he found Noah righteous. doesn't really say anything about Mrs Noah or his sons or their wives, but he found Noah. Now he's about to bless and save the whole family because Noah was obedient. Isn't that beautiful? Now, now, Mrs. Noah and the Shemham Japheth and their wives, they, they believed and obeyed too, didn't they? Otherwise they would have been out of the ark. And he said, bring in the creatures, and they came in. And then if we have a look down in, uh, in maybe verse, verse uh, 11, or verse 9, it says, they went in two by two, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the water of the, of the flood were upon the earth. And in verse 11, and in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the, what month? Second month. Second month and the 17th day. Okay, so... The same day were all the fountains of the deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. Verse 13, In the selfsame day Noah and Shem, Ham, Japheth, the sons of Noah, Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons into the ark. They and every beast came in and the Bible says in verse 16, They that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, including humans, including mankind, is that right? Including mankind, came in and the Lord, what does your Bible say? And the who? The Lord shut them in. The Lord shut them in. The Lord shut them in. God shut the door. God shut the door. And I want to suggest that when that door shut, the judgment rain had already started and when God shut the door, Impossible for anyone to get in after that instant that the door shut. Now we understand that Noah was a preacher of righteousness and not only was he building the ark but he was proclaiming save yourselves from this untoward generation. He was proclaiming a judgment of God is coming. God is going to send rain. He's going to flood the earth. I'm building, you think I'm crazy, you think I'm stupid. I'm building this ark to save you if you'll come with us, if you'll turn away from your evil, if you'll turn away from your wickedness. Come in with us. And you can imagine, can't you? You know, your place or wherever it is, you start building this thing that's 150 metres long, 25 metres tall, uh, 15 metres wide with three floors. You're going to build it over 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 100 years. You're building this thing and people going, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing? 
Dion, what are you doing? Well, I'm building this ark and I'm telling you that you need to turn from your wickedness and come because this ark is going to save you from the wrath and the judgement of God because he's going to flood all the earth and everything that has breath in its nostrils is going to perish because God has repented that he's made man because of the wickedness that is continually before him. And then nobody listened to the cry, did they? Except Mrs Noah and the sons and their wives. No, nobody, nobody else heeded the cry. But what we need to understand is when that door shut, no one else could get in. Can you imagine? God shuts the door and the water's starting to rise. And then you're thinking, well, people thinking, well, maybe that silly old fellow wasn't as crazy as I thought he was. Can I get in? But it's too late. God shut the door. It's too late. God has shut the door. Hello, it's too late. God has shut the door. All inside are safe. They're not clinging on, Pastor Ken once said, you know, they're not clinging on to a splinter by their fingernails. They're safe and sound inside with God having shut the door. They've got all the provision they need. They're in an ark designed by God to keep them against the day of his judgment. And that judgment says it rained for 40 days and 40 nights and the whole earth was covered with water. Not just a local flood, a global flood across all the earth. And the ark was buoyed up. It's not the, you know, from the description, it's not the pretty boat with all the things that we see. It's a box that floated, that had, you know, if you look at it, but it brought salvation to those who had entered in. And if you wonder, does God love animals? Does he love his creation? He saved them in the ark. Remember we were in the home group one night and Dawn had the revelation how much God loves animals. Loves his creation. He could have just said, well, we'll leave them. But no, he had created them, hadn't he? And he saved them in the ark of his salvation. Who's the ark of our salvation? Jesus is the ark of our salvation. Hello. Jesus is the ark of our salvation. As we come into him, he comes into us. See, the door was shut by God. That signifies that there is a day coming where God says, no, my, my, my salvation grace has abounded to now and I'm lifting that grace. That's going to happen. Friend, that is going to happen. In this earth again, God said he would not bring a judgment by flood in the same way again and he set the rainbow in the sky so he'd look on it and remember his covenant not to bring a judgment by flood again. And he hasn't, has he? There have been local floods and so forth. And we know that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. Lot was there. Why did Lot go there? That's another, someone else can preach on that. But Lot was there. And it says God, he was continually crying out to God against the wickedness. And what happened? Lot was brought out. Mrs. Lot was brought out. The daughters were brought out before God rained the judgment upon that place. And then Jesus said, didn't he? He said, of Capernaum, he said, it'll be worse for you in the day of judgment than for Sodom and Gomorrah because you've rejected me. See, Jesus is the ark of our salvation, isn't he? We can't get into Noah's ark. We don't need to because God isn't going to flood the earth in the same way. We know, you know, if we go on and read it, how long the flood lasted and, and he sent out the raven and sent out the dove and so forth and then said to go and replenish uh, the, the earth. Hallelujah. 
over in 8 and 22 it says, While earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Praise the Lord. So that, can I encourage us that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You and I have grace in the eyes of the Lord because of Jesus. Hallelujah. And let's go now to say, well, what, is, you know, what, is, what does any of that relate to? That was then, that was a, long, a lot of chapters ago. How does that relate to now? Well, Jesus spoke about Noah. He sp- Jesus spoke about Noah. We looked in Hebrews 11 and, and um, there's, there's something about the faith of Noah commended there, believing God when, when Noah could not see other than God might have shown him, there was nothing to see. God couldn't say, look at, look at the clouds in the sky, remember how it flooded last week, I'm going to flood the whole earth. No, no, it had never happened before. It had never happened before. And God did it out of judgment because he saw the wickedness. Hallelujah. But he saved the righteous. That's still the heart of God, that the righteous would not perish but that sadly God would judge, has to judge, the wicked because of his holiness, his righteousness. And let's come now for, uh, for Matthew 24. Just come over to Matthew 24 for a minute. And one of the questions, we, we sort of think, you know, who's ever, who's ever asked the question of themselves or others, you know, what, what, where are we going? What's happening? How long is the earth going to go on for? What, what's... what's you know, what's the future? A lot of people making a lot of money about trying to tell the future. That's right, isn't it? Fortune tellers and all, all sorts, trying to, people want to know what, what's, what's going to happen. I can tell you what's going to happen. Jesus spoke about it. And it says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Now the temple had taken, what, 46 years to build? Not quite as long as the ark, but was apparently glorious and Jesus said, don't you see all these things? Truly I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And the historians tell us that in 70 AD, that is exactly what happened. The Romans destroyed the temple, destroyed Jerusalem, slaughtered the Jewish people. That's right, that's what the historians tell us, isn't it? And then... He sat upon the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world. Who wants to know that? See, we, we can say, I don't know exactly what time, but on the, when Noah was 600, in the second month, on the 17th day, that's, that's when God started the rain. Pretty precise, pretty precise. He hasn't told us the exact, you know, 7.53 in the morning or 2.28 in the afternoon, but very precise, isn't it? Think, hang on, that was written, ooh, that's, that's thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah, God created time, hello. God created the seasons, hello. I remember one time I was out at a place and the fellow was saying, oh, Times, you know, we've created time and we've created all things. I said, no, no, God created time. Ah, oh, but all the things, the calendar, I said, no, if you stand on the same spot and you wait, and you go, oh, okay. And you wait, 
you'll, you'll figure out that you know, 365, 366 days in a year, the seasons pass. You'll figure out that the sun rises and sets, rises again, sets again. You'll, you'll figure it out. God created it, not man. You know, we've got calendars and all that stuff and wristwatches and fancy, but God created it. He created the seasons. He created everything. Hallelujah. We're so clever, we know nothing. We're so, you know, sometimes we're so silly that we don't know what, that we don't even know. Hallelujah. But I'll leave that alone. Praise the Lord. No one here. And it says, Take heed that no man deceives you. See, the, the, the devil would like us to believe, well, there's just came from slimy swamps and eternal something or others and life just goes on and just goes on and just goes on. And Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceives you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Ernie had one of them. And I remember Matthew Barnett was saying, one time they came across this fellow in Los Angeles, dressed up in white robes and so forth, and uh, he said, I'm Jesus. And they said to him, trying to make some conversation, they said to the fellow, oh, have you seen the film The Passion of the Christ? And he said, no, I can't watch it. It brings back bad memories <laughs> of what happened to me. That's what he said, didn't he, Bruce? Yeah. But, you know, there are many who will come. Some of, them, some of them who are, you know, we'd say, well, they're, they're, they're mentally crazy. And, you know, people say, if you go to any any of the places like Piala and so forth, there's a Napoleon and there's a Jesus and there's whatever. That's the devil, isn't it? That's the devil trying to bring delusion and, and bring people into deception and so forth. He said, Many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. And we know there are cults and people who say they're coming in the name of Jesus, don't they? And when we say, Who is Jesus? They say, Oh, he's the Archangel Michael or he's Lucifer's brother or he's a bloke down the road or something and we say, he's God. Oh, no, no, he's not God. Jesus is God, friend. We've got to get that in our spirit. Jesus is God come in the flesh. And then he said, you shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. Did anyone watch the news this morning? I didn't either, but if we turned a radio on or a television on or a newspaper, there's probably some report. Wars in Iraq and there are wars. And those things come out of, hallelujah, those things come out of the evil of the heart of man, don't they? And uh, it says, wars, rumours of wars. He said, don't be troubled, for all these must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The end is not yet. And he said, for nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, there shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in, in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Now, I don't know whether you all have heard this, but I heard last year uh, Pastor Jack Hayford, who's he's actually the international president of the Church of the Foursquare Gospel in America, very well-reputed Christian man. He's the one who wrote Majesty and a whole lot of songs. He's a very, very fine uh, Christian brother and, and minister. Uh, he said that he was, uh, uh, he had this like vision which was like a film clip that ran before his eyes for about nine seconds. And he said, he said it was the two planes going into the Twin Towers. 
He said it was the, the tsunami in Asia, it was a Turkish earthquake, it was, and it finished with that Hurricane Katrina coming up into uh, New Orleans. And he said, it was so clear, and he said, Lord, what is it? What are you showing me? Why are you showing me this? And he said, these things, this is what, he, this is what Jack Hayford said, I'm just re- recounting what he said, you can... He said, these things are the fulfilment of the specific scripture. All these are the beginning of sorrows. In Matthew 24, 8, the Lord said, these things are the fulfilment of that scripture. So you know that you're in the time of sorrows, but not to be disheartened as children of God. Hallelujah. Not to be disheartened. What it means is we're right on track for the return of Jesus. It's a time marker for the return of Jesus. And a nation shall form in a day, said Isaiah. 15th of May 1948, a time marker right on track for the return of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know some Bruce flies aeroplanes around the country. Um, when you're flying an aeroplane, you fly over markers. Is that right, Bruce? Yeah, Bruce flies them on computers. They're a bit cheaper than the real ones. But when you're flying or when you're, when, you're, when you're sailing or when you're driving, we follow markers, don't we? Want to go to Penrith? Well, we follow a marker. We get out on the highway or we go down Mitchell's Pass or the Old Bathurst Road. So we're following and we're looking for... I'm going to turn off the Penrith. Well, there are a few turn-offs to Penrith. There's the Umia Plains one, there's the Mulgara Road, there's the, there's the Northern Road. We could come in through St Mary's and whatever. So... So in the same way, God has set markers, hasn't he? Jesus said, we'll have a look in a minute, but he said, you'll know the season that you're in by the things that you see and you can understand. So, this, so he said, these are the beginnings of sorrows. And, and Matt, uh, you know, when we see Jack Hayford, you can have a conversation with him or ring him up or get him on whatever. And I, I believe what he said because he's not a man who has a reputation or is taken to saying God said these things if he didn't. And so he, he, I'm just recounting that. And, but, but Jesus said, all these things are the beginnings of sorrows. He said, they shall be del- uh, deliver you up to be afflicted, kill you, hated of all nations for my name's sake. Hey, we can think of some of that today, can't we? There are nations that hate you and me. Never met us, probably don't know much about us, but they hate us because we say we're a Christian nation, because we mention the name of Jesus. And we've seen recently, haven't we, the, the president of um, whatever come out and said, said, we want to wipe the Jews off the face of the earth, wipe that nation out, we hate them. That's hatred, isn't it? That's hatred. But we know that the hand of God is upon the Jewish people and upon the Jewish nation. We know that they are the natural olive branch who just been grafted out for a time that you and I would be grafted in until the time of... The, full, the fullness of the Gentiles would be achieved. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, Many shall be offended and shall betray one another and, and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Hey, there are many, there are many people who are, who are talking about this is real, this is real. That Da Vinci Code book, I, I haven't read it and I, I won't read it, but you know, coming out and saying, well, Jesus married Mary Magdalene and they've got children and so forth, I'll give you a, a sound reason why Jesus could not have had any children. 
Because that child or children would have been born without a sin nature because Jesus does not have a sin nature until he was made to be sinned. Which is completely defeating the plan of God that everybody would receive Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Just impossible if you know anything about God. Just, just lies to bring people into deception, to deceive people. You know, to, for someone or something to stand up and say, follow me, to draw people away from the reality of God and the need for the Saviour Jesus. Trying to tear away his divinity, trying to tear away what God has done through Christ. And Jesus said, um, many false prophets, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endures, or shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That's you and me, we want to endure to the end, don't we? Yes. We've seen even in our nation, some of the denominations falling away as they, as they have argued and debated over can we allow this sin to be in our midst? God, God judged. Hello? God, God hates sin. God abhors sin. God judges sin. And the great wickedness is to call sin, sin good and to call, call righteousness evil, isn't it? See, we can't call sin. We can't condone sin. We've got to love the person, but we can't condone sin, can we? God doesn't. He loves, he loves me. In my state as a sinner, abhorred my sin but loved me with his pure and everlasting love. So we need to understand his saying, but if you, if you and I will endure to the end, are you willing to endure to the end? Lord, let us be people who will endure to the end. We're willing. We purpose in our hearts to endure to the end. And I know Jesus, this is Jesus speaking because it's in red letters and I can see Bruce has got a red letter Bible too. It says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to the nations. Then shall the end come. And that's happening, isn't it? That's happening and that's happening and that's happening. And we know that television is having a major impact in the nations. Trinity Broadcasting, Daystar and God TV going into places where Maybe you, go, you or I go in, we just, we're instantly killed, can't even speak the gospel. But television is being broadcast into the Islamic nations. Hallelujah. From satellites and pe- you know, people with a dish and a television, little receiver thing, being, having the gospel preached to them in places where it might be absolutely forbidden by death to, to meet together or to name the name of Jesus. God is at work as well as sending people and Bibles and all the things and we know Jesus is appearing to people, isn't he? There are testimonies that people have Jesus just appear to them. And some of you might have read the book about the little girl, she was um, crippled and Jesus appeared to her and healed her. And she, they, and she said, Jesus healed me. And then she went and found some Christians and whatever. And um, I think it was called, I dared to call him father or something doing that one. And um, her brothers wanted to kill her because she wouldn't renounce the name of Jesus. Put gun to her head. Going to kill her because she, she said, I can't but tell what he did. You can say deny him, but I can't, I'm, I'm healed as you can see. And it was Jesus who did it. They say, no, no, you can't. We, 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 no, no, you can't say Jesus. He's not our God. And and uh, she miraculously escaped. Her own family, her own brothers, took a vow to kill her. See, Jesus is hated by the devil, but Hallelujah, he's the one who's yes. risen from the dead. Glory. And 
So the Bible goes on, he says you'll see abomination and desolation and so forth and, and if, if you've never read uh, Matthew 24, let me encourage you. And then he said down in verse 32, now learn a parable of the, well let's go back to, to uh, oh gee, uh, where, where should we go back to? We should go back to, uh, back to 15, Vinda. When therefore, <laughs> I was trying to just see if I could hop a couple of verses. Rightio, thank you, Vinda. I'll take Vinda's instructions. <laughs> when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso reads, let him understand, then let them that are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him that's on the house not come down to take anything out of the house. Don't let him which is in the field turn back to take his clothes and woe to them that are with children and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in winter or on the Sabbath for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no, nor shall ever be. That hasn't come yet, has it? That has not come yet. We've seen things happen but that has not come yet. And... It says, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. For the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And I wonder who, who has a sense that time sped up or something, that time just going really quickly. I don't know. I just I wondered. I'm thinking, gee, Lord, just like last year seemed to go zip by, and now we're into this, I'm thinking, Lord, is this something to do with shortening the time, or do you mean you're just bringing the, you know, the time? Afford a bit and say, then if any man shall say to you, Lo, there's Christ, or here or there, don't believe, believe it. For there shall arise false Christs and prophets, show many signs and wonders, insomuch if it were possible, they should deceive the elect. Now, don't get hung up on this. If it were possible, but you and I are the elect, we have the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, we have the Word of God, we are not going to be deceived if we will walk with God, if we'll believe his word, if we'll listen to what the Spirit is saying to us. Is that right? Because sometimes I've heard people say, oh well, you know, you're just, you're going to be deceived and whatever. No, no, it doesn't say that. It says the deception will be great. But you and I need to hold on. It says, behold, I have told you before. I say to you, behold, if they say he's in the desert, don't go out there. If he's in the secret chambers, don't believe it. For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. How many weeks ago was that, Dawn? We had that sort of, that um, like a, was a lightning display in the, remember that? First or second week during our school at night. Oh, it must have been early February. There was like, it was like for a long, it was an hour or a couple of hours or something, just lightning and thunder right across the sky right across the sky and we're sort of thinking just you know, thinking, Lord this is, this is mindful of what you said that it was, was sort of you know, like from horizon to horizon just lightning and lightning and lightning it went on for about an hour or something like that and we're sort of thinking wow nobody could not, you know, could not notice and I was reminded we were reminded of saying well Jesus said it'll be as the lightning comes out of the east and shines to the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Obvious, apparent. Jesus won't come in, in a secret way. 
And someone says, look, he's in the kitchen. Well, how did he get there? Well, he snuck in. No, no, he says he's going to come like the, like the lightning. <coughs> and, and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of the archangel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mud just having her own revival over there. That's good. Hallelujah. And, um, and uh, he says, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, moon give up her light, the stars will fall from heaven, getting the picture here, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Something going to happen. Hallelujah. Shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and all, sorry, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of, the heaven, to, of heaven to the other. Now learn that you and me, hallelujah, you're ready to be gathered. Anyone out there? You're ready to be gathered. I am. Hallelujah. Says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. Sometimes Israel is referred to as a fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So likewise, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Even at the door. Hallelujah. At the doors. Sorry about that. Truly I say to you, this generation shall not pass Tell all these things be fulfilled. Which generation? I believe it's the generation alive after. Hallelujah. The reformation of the nation of Israel when the branches tender, puts forth leaves. I believe that's speaking prophetically about the reformation of the nation of Israel in 1948. You and I are alive today. This generation, we don't know, you know, there's a lot of discussion about is a generation... 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, 40 years. But you and I are alive in the present fulfilment of these prophecies that Jesus spoke. Hallelujah. The Lord could come before we get to a cup of tea. There is nothing in, in the way of major prophecies that we, we know from the, from the Bible preventing the Lord to come, for the end to come, for God, as it were, to close the door of his ark closing out the covenant of grace that he has through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says there, I say to you this generation, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass. But of that day and hour knows no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of, what does your Bible say? But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We just looked at Noah. We just looked at Noah and he said, but, but just like those days, he said, for in those days uh, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. So people were just going about their, they were going about their normal things they were doing. They'd ignored what Noah said. Here's this silly fellow out there with this big box. Animals are coming in, but they're just going on with their life. That's what's happening right now, friends. That's what's happening right now in our nation, in other nations. People are just living their life oblivious to the fact that the close of the age is speeding to its conclusion. 
Hallelujah. That's the truth. That's what Jesus said. And then he said, And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. We are in the last hours before Jesus returns, before the judgment of God falls on the earth. Why? Not because everyone is is righteous, but because of the wickedness, because of the evil, because of the continual wickedness in the heart of man, because of, of what's happening. Who would, who would say the earth's getting better, brighter? Nobody. Yeah, there's no evidence. You know, sometimes people say, oh, well, we're getting to year 2008 and eight's a magic number and this and this and this and everything will suddenly... No, no, no. The earth, when, when I was growing up, we lived on a dairy farm. We couldn't lock our house. We didn't have locks on our house. When you went to town, you could leave your car running. You could leave. You never took the keys out of your car. You never locked your car. It just, you know, yes, there were, you know, something could happen occasionally, but you never lived in a fear um, of people stealing things. Yes, things happened, but but if we look at our age now. This evil has increased and I'm not trying to glorify that, I'm just saying that's the truth. That's the truth. Why? Because Jesus said it would happen. It happened in Noah's day. It's happening today. And then then he said, he said, they didn't know till the flood came. It's your job and my job to tell people about Jesus, isn't it? To tell, the reason I bring this message this morning is to quicken us freshly that the end of the age as Jesus spoke about, is imminent. And is it today? I don't know. He said, no man knows the day or the hour, but look for the signs. Look for the signs. In the Middle East, the Iranians are close to having nuclear capability. They've stated publicly that they want to destroy Israel off the face of the earth. The Israelis are there, but by the hand of God would be wiped out. The Syrians hate them. The Syrians have always seen in the Bible, always hated the children of Israel. Remember Elijah and the Syrian army and the Syrian king? Um, Israel is under siege. Israel is in great peril right now. But for the grace of God and the hand of God, they'd be wiped out. What's Israel going to do? Some have said they'll make an attack on Iran before they, they get up to full nuclear capability and wipe, and wipe out their, their nuclear capability. Wipe it out. If they do that, what will happen? There'll be, there'll, be a, there'll be a bit of turmoil in the Middle East. But then the Bible says there will be a peace treaty for a time. The Israelis will enter and then there are some in Israel who are talking about giving some of Jerusalem to the to the. Islam, to the nation of Islam against the word of God, against the promise of God. They're looking at, you know, give the West Bank and the God, all, all those things. All those things tie into what is happening in the earth. And we need to be watchful of what Israel is up to, what's happening with Israel. And mindful of what Jesus said here and we could go, go for a long more but, but Jesus is saying look it's going to be in the days of Noah and if we don't think that God is going to close out this age and bring a judgement on the earth that's what Jesus is saying saying look it's going to be just as in the days of Noah 
There's wickedness and increasing wickedness. Wars and rumours of wars. Pestilence. You know, there's that, whatever it's called in Africa, that, that um, uh, disease. Ebola virus. No cure for that. Just, you know, horrific things have, have, have uh, arisen. Only Jesus can help us. Only Jesus can save us out of this. But I'm so glad this morning that Noah heeded the voice of God, didn't he? It says, out of fear he built the ark. God found him righteous. And the Bible says that Noah walked with God. How do you walk with God unless he's walking with you? Hand in hand. Hand in hand. We, we, we are in a, a better position than Noah. We're in a better position than Lot. We're in a better position than David. David had the Spirit upon him. But you and I have Jesus in our heart. You and I, it says, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God lives in you and lives in me. We will never be God. We will never be Jesus. But he lives in you and lives in me. His life is in you and in me. His quickened life. He is the ark of our salvation. He is the ark of our salvation. And can I encourage us as we walk on with God, as we say, Lord, I'm walking with you. If you're going that way, I'm with you. If you breathe that way, I'm with you. And the Bible says, a small, still voice says, this is the way, walk ye in it, when we deviate to the right or the left, doesn't it? Anyone found that? We're walking along and we think, the Holy Spirit says, and we small still voice guiding us and the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path to show us where to go and I remember one time uh, walking down to Horseshoe Falls in Hazelbrook who's ever been down to Horseshoe Falls? Hazelbrook? Glowworm Glen Dawn used to play around there a lot when she was young Um, and someone had a torch and the torch was lighting the path. But have you ever noticed if you walked in the night with a torch, you can't really see where you're going to put your feet. You can see the path ahead, but you can fall over and hurt yourself because you've got nothing around your feet. If you've got a lamp, I grew up in a dairy farm, we had kerosene lamps, lanterns, whatever. Carrying a lamp, lantern, you can see where you're going to tread, put your feet, but you can't always see the path ahead. You know, you can get off the track because you haven't seen the path. But the Bible says the word is a lamp unto my feet so that I can put my feet down in safety. I can put my feet down with a surety and I can see the path that God is taking me on. And I've got the small, still voice saying, this is the way walking in it when you want to go off to the right or the left. Isn't that beautiful? So that in Jesus we have Hallelujah, the fullness of life. In Jesus we have all of the comfort and protection and assurance of a future that we need. See, Noah believed God. He believed God. Maybe he had some doubts. Maybe he thought, I wonder, will this thing float? I wonder when the water comes, you know, will, will it be able to withstand all the weight of these... Who knows? But he trusted God. He did the building according to God's plan and pattern. Hey, that's the word of God, isn't it? We've got to live our life according to the plan and the pattern of God. That's why we've got to be people who read the word, who have the word in us, so that when something goes to happen, the word gets quickened against 
Lots of thoughts, lots of ideas come. We've got lots of education. Hey, we're highly educated people. Relatively. Relatively, we are highly educated people. And some of our education is just absolute nonsense. You know, I think of some of the things we're educated on in school and now that I know the Lord and know the Word of God, I just think, what a waste of time. What a waste of brain space with some of those things. But it's given me an understanding at the same time of how people think who don't know the Word of God. And then we match up what God says against other things, don't we? And then if it doesn't match, get rid of it. Let it go. Send it back out again. So can I encourage us that Jesus likened what would come to what had happened in Noah's day. And the, the Bible says in Romans 14, I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this scripture, all the scriptures that are around this. Uh, Romans 14, 7 to 13. Romans 14, 7 to 13. It says, For none of us lives to himself, and no man dies to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we're the Lord's. What a great statement. Whether we live or whether we die, we're the Lord's. We don't live for ourselves and to ourselves. Isn't that beautiful? That we're the Lord's. Hallelujah. And Paul said, he said, you know, to go with the Lord is glory and that's what I prefer to do but to be with you, he said, I'm here, it's more expedient, better for, better for you, he was saying, wasn't he? That was kind of him, wasn't it? And then the Bible goes on and says, for whether we live or die, and in verse 9, for this end Christ died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Hallelujah. The dead and the living. Uh, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you set naught your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue confess to God. Hallelujah. And then he said, uh, if so, then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us, let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man or woman put a stumbling block or an occasion to fail in his brother or sister's way. And the Bible says, do nothing lest the weaker brother stumble. In other words, there may be something that you, you and I can do and it doesn't cause us to fail or stumble, but it might cause a weaker brother to fail or stumble. And Paul said, look, if my, if my eating of meat would cause someone of a weaker faith to have a problem, to stumble, to, 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 uh, to get into trouble, he said, I'll, I'll eat no more of that, or I'll do no more of that. And we need to be conscious of that, don't we? And it says, you know, some people eat meat, someone of a lesser faith might just eat herbs. We're not to judge in that. Someone might observe one day, someone might observe another day. He said, but I observe all days, other lords. So this is what that's encouraging us in. And he says, and I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself but to him, I went too far, didn't I, but to him uh, that esteems anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if your brother be grieved with your meat, uh, now walk in love, with your love in action. Don't destroy him with your meat for whom Christ died. He says, "Let let not your good be evil spoken of, 
For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, Bruce and Rhonda love this scripture, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah and Amen. So this morning, just been trying to encourage us that we live in the time immediately before the return of Jesus. See? Immediately before the return of Jesus. And if you look at the prophecies, if you look at what's happening in Israel, if you look at what Jesus said, the return of Jesus is imminent. And we need to be a people ready. We need to be a people who are doing what the Lord says. And he said, go into all the world, didn't he? Preach the gospel. He said, you know, um, to live a holy life. So we'll not be found. You know, imagine if Noah was off sleeping and slumbering when it was time to get in the ark. He would have missed out, wouldn't he? Or he said, oh, no, I'm not believing God anymore. I think it's, I've been building this thing too long and I walk away from it. But we've got to be people who endure to the end. Says if we'll endure to the end, we'll see our salvation, won't we? Which has already taken place through Jesus. Jesus is the ark of our salvation. See? And, and if we will... If we will daily walk with the Lord, if we'll say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready for whatever you've got. I'm ready, Lord, if you want, if you want if whatever. So we've got to live as though Jesus would come in the next second, but also live as though he mightn't come before we finish our life, don't we? That's, that's how we have to live and, and be, be wise in that. Um, hallelujah. So that's really all I wanted to say this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Keep going, right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Yongi, I was encouraged by Yongi Cho because he, he said we had a meeting every Friday night. He said that would go would go overnight into the to daybreak and he said I love to start preaching about ten o'clock at night. He said because I knew the people who were there were earnest and he said I would preach till daybreak since I could really, the Holy Spirit could really bring out of me what, what he had to, to say and share with people and we know, we know Paul and that boy Eutychus, he went to sleep in the window You got me Paul Yeah <laughs> So praise the Lord Father, let's just bow Father we thank you that you are the righteous judge we thank you Lord that you sent Jesus in our place Yes we thank you, Father, that when we stand before the judgment seat, that, Lord, when we come before you, you know us, Lord. We belong to you. We are yours. And that, Lord, you will judge us righteous because of your great victory. So, Lord, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't fear that day of judgment. Lord, we, we welcome it because we know that you are holy and you are just and you are pure. And, Lord, we know that evil demands judgment. Evil demands Lord, that you move upon it. So, Lord Jesus, we, we say, uh, the Spirit and the Bride say, come, Lord Jesus. So, Father, we thank you that we're in the covenant of grace now. We thank you that we're in the time of your grace. And, Father, our heart, Lord, burns for those who don't know you. Lord, burdens for those who are, Lord, they're eating and drinking and oblivious to you. Lord, that you would put us in the company of people. You would bring people into our company. Lord, you would give us... Lord, um, ideas and, and supernatural openings to be able to reach out and, and touch those who are lost, Lord. Because we know your heart is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yes. And Father, we just thank you this morning that you love us. We thank you this morning, Lord, that, that uh, 
While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, that we might have an entrance before your Lord. So Father, this morning as we might have needs, Lord, we reach out to touch and receive from you and we thank you, Lord, because by your word you framed the world. Lord, from that which wasn't you made that which is. So Lord, in our need right now, Father, we know that you can, you can frame the answer to our need right now. Lord, even though we can't see it, feel it or touch it, we thank you, Lord, that you will manifest that need as we would release our faith to believe you. And Father, our heart's cry is that we would be known as a people of great faith, a people, Lord, who believed you at your word. And, and Lord, if that means sometimes you'll call us to do things Lord, that look crazy in the eyes of the world, Lord, we, we put up our hand and say, Lord, Lord, we're willing. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, just touch us now with the glory of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that those people in the ark, Lord, they were safe. Lord, they were, they, they, they were not uh, uh, involved in the, the wrath of your judgment, but Lord, they were safe in that ark. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that you are our safety, that you are our place of refuge, that you are our strong tower. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. We love you this morning. If you would need prayer this morning, if you have some need or maybe you just want a refreshing touch, then it would be our privilege to pray. Otherwise we can have a cup of tea. But if you have a need this morning, God is in the miracle business. He framed the world with his word. Hallelujah. He called forth those things that be from those things that be not. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Let that word sink deep into our spirit that we might be encouraged. Lord, that we're in the, in the season immediately before your return. And that, Lord, you're moving on the earth. That, Lord, you have a great plan. Lord, you're moving in wonderful ways. Thank you, Father. We bless you for the Christian television networks. We bless you for, Lord, your word going out. We bless you. Father, we speak a blessing over missionaries who would be in places, Lord, uh, this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you would use us to touch the areas that you would send us. In Jesus' name. All the saints said, Amen. If you need prayer this morning, otherwise we'll be back here tonight at 6 o'clock. Two doors in my doors, two men and me. Last Thursday again, last Thursday again. Yep, two men knocked on the door. Someone knocked again the door, yep, yep. but I said they never talk. But on the on this house, the men, the men they is bus and get the money. Right, and two houses in my area yep. they break the door. Yep. Maybe they want to come in my. Thank you, Father. Last night I sleep to my friend. Thank you, Father. Father, we just like just reach out to. to they Elsa. came to my at the back. They go to the fence, you know. Have you got a dog? They open my no. They oh, open you, already my front door, you know. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just lay hands on Elsa, and Father, we speak your protection over our sister's car, Lord, over a house, over a property. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this belongs to you, and Father, we just bind the power of the devil who would yes, come. To try and enter that property, that Lord, you just repel them. Lord, they'll have no, uh, they'll have no success. And we thank you, Lord. Just touch also, Lord. Let her not be afraid, but let her know, Lord, that you're looking after her. 
But Lord, you are her rear guard. You are her shield and her buckler, as your word says. So Father, touch Elsa right now. Father, we send them packing. We send them off in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Touch our sister for your glory. Amen. 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 I ring the police in St. Mary's yeah. in Spanish. They said, if come back again, you just ring us. And then my neighbor there, uh, <coughs> they also did, and they called the police. Nothing happened. So Our I don't want something happen to me. No, that's right. We agree <laughs> with you. I remember Pastor Gordon Gibbs said one night he was had a, a, a preaching appointment and um, Connie was going with him. And he said as he was getting ready, the Holy Spirit said to him, someone's going to uh, come and clean out your house tonight. And um, so he said, I said to Connie, the Lord's just spoken to me. Let's take authority over that. And he said, we prayed and said, Lord, protect our house. Send them somewhere else. And he said, we got home and... Um, in the morning. Anyway, some fellows had backed a moving van up to the house right next door and totally cleaned it out. And he said that I know that would have been our house if we hadn't prayed. He said that what we should have done was, was prayed against them doing anything. He said because our house was protected. Um, but God gives us protection, doesn't he? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I, I just had the feeling that God was going to make uh, like city of refuge for those around. They'll see that you've been protected. Oh, glory. They'll come, they'll come and they'll, 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 Yep. They want to go inside the pen, so I don't know what I will do. Preach, I said, Lord, help me, Lord, yeah. Lord, help me. Preach the gospel to them, I love the wrong way. And they said, yeah. two days ago, they said, 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 <laughs> Call on the name of Jesus. Start speaking in tongues. Yeah. Yeah. Just as we, Hallelujah. Does anyone need prayer? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. We, we um, Don and I lived in England for a little while, and we went over replacing a family who lived in uh, who lived in a suburb called Highbury, or Islington Highbury, which is a bit of a bit of a rough area. And they lived in a terrace house, and um, it was a pretty a bit of a rough area, wasn't it, Dawn? And anyway, uh, they said, oh no, our street is protected. Because they're saying, you know, they said, no, 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 see that green door down there? I said, yeah. I said, well, that's where Harry the housebreaker lives. And um, their, their code is that they don't touch another, you know, another housebreaker's street and nobody touches their street so they said when we moved in the neighbours came and said you know don't worry about about being broken into or anything because you know we're safe because of Harry the housebreaker or whatever down there. So we have Jesus don't we? So if you, you call on the name of Jesus and start speaking in tongues Make sure you keep your doors locked, of course. That's prudent, isn't it? Do you want me to tell a story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Elsa, I'll tell you a story too. It's sort of similar to like this. And um, I'm going to say that my daughter's not like this anymore, but she went through a rebellious stage. She actually dated a gang leader at one stage when she was about 14. And she's really good now. She's a good girl and she really has good morals and everything like that. But she just went through a bad period. 
And anyway, this boy that she was dating, um, I didn't know, but he was knocking off all the shops around where I was working in Timmouth and uh, breaking and stealing money. And he said to his gang, don't touch Mrs. Ellis' shop. <laughs> 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 My um, girlfriend's mother. Is that right? Yeah, true. Yes, true. Yes, and yes. you know this boy, our influence over him, he actually went to jail but there was something good planted in him and he did. I'm not sure if he got saved and went, became all good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Matthew Barnett was saying at the conference there that I think he said he was the only white person for 10 square miles or something. And, um, but anyway, he went into a house and he managed to get a whole, whole lot of you know, gang members saved. And he said, so my car never gets touched. And he said, I'm, I feel very, very safe. Because they've turned to Jesus, you see. And, they, 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 and he said, one night we, um, he said, what we do is we go down Hollywood Boulevard. He said, a lot of girls come in on the train or the bus and... Um, thinking they're going to be you know, big stars in Hollywood, he said, and um, the pimps get them and they get on drugs and then they become prostitutes. He said, and we go down and we, we actually bring them into the centre and you know, re- rehabilitating them. He said, one night we had this girl and um, she came in the car or van or whatever and she said, he said her, her pimp was uh, chasing us. Yeah. Right? And, that, and um, so he said, I got on the phone and rang ahead to, uh, to our group of uh, young men who are uh, rehabilitating out of gangs and drugs and whatever and said, we need your help. He said, so when we drove in, there was a wall of these... Uh, these uh, he said, they were barely saved. Barely, that's right, that's what he said, uh, yeah. They've had tappings on their faces. Yeah, yeah, he said, you know, they barely saved. He said, so the, we, the, the pimp, when he saw this, he shot through and we never saw him again. And the girl... He said, so, so, but let's encourage you, Elsa, not to be afraid because God is able to protect us. And if you call on the name of Jesus and start speaking in tongues, and then the other thing is, you know, if you make it known that you're at home as well, put, turn some music up or something. When I was, when I was a teenager, there was an escapist from prison who was a, a rapist and three-time murderer, and he was in our area and was a lot of bush. And I'm about half past nine at night going home in the dark, and this man came out of the trees because I didn't know he was an escapee or anything like that. But the police met me later up the hill and took me the rest of the way home uh, and told me the story. But this man came out of the trees and went to grab me around the neck and I looked him straight in the face and I said, Jesus! <laughs> like that. And he took off as though I'd put three bombs under Thank you, Marge. Thank you, Marge. Praise the Lord. With no cup of tea, coffee, we'll be back tonight. Bless you as we go. If anyone needs prayer, we're happy to pray. Through. <laughs> Marge, has, Marge has another story about this lady that they, I think they got her out of the mental hospital and she was in the church and she ran, she ran a, um, she ran down the street and Marge said she chased around the block and caught up with her. <laughs> Devil, you come out of her! And the woman was changed from that instant on. She's still ministering, I think. So Marge has got a bit of a... Yeah. <laughs> glory, glory, glory.
Thanks, Marge. Did you see that on the news where um, they found this new world thing in the uh, uh, heavens? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, I've followed it up on a couple of news things since, mm. and, and because of its measurements of about its distance from uh, the sun and the, the earth, 